Welcome to Novus Navigator. Join us for this series of conversations with Chicago local entrepreneurs that have carved their own paths to success. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Novus Navigator. Today on the show we have Chase Shap, a personal trainer here in the West Loop and the founder of Incremental Gains. Chase, to get started, why don't we uh, have you introduce yourself? Yeah, so my name is Chase Shap. I'm a personal trainer and a nutrition coach uh, working primarily out of the West Loop, but I also serve the city of Chicago. Uh, I've been doing that uh, independently for three years. And prior to that, I was at Equinox and Fitness Formula at gyms before breaking off to go on my own. Awesome. Glad to have you here today, Chase, by the way. The first question is about how you came to where you are today sort of how did you find your passion and how did you know that that was what you wanted to pursue as a career? Sure, so my uh, career path is very nonlinear. I have an acting degree and I have a business administration degree and supply chain management. So uh, short answer, just following what what was interesting to me. Um, I got an acting degree and I graduated uh, right when the economy collapsed in 2009. And I didn't have any money saved up to go to Los Angeles or New York like you do with an acting degree. Um, so I was forced to do a lot of soul searching and figure out what I wanted to do and what my next move was going to be. Um, and I realized that I didn't feel prepared from my uh, financial perspective. I felt like I didn't know how to kind of survive on my own financially. So I had a business minor at the time and went back to school to finish it. Um, this was again in 2009, 2010. Um, And then that's when I started to fall in love with just business in general, um, kind of the startup scene. And when I when I went back, I was going to do finance, but then I realized, you know, I don't want to kind of just focus on numbers all day. I want to get a very broad uh, perspective of what business really is, which is what led me to supply chain management, because it's I mean, if you think of it, it's very end to end, right? If you think of like a like a you, you drink like a beer at a bar, you know, like where does how does it get there? How is it manufactured? That kind of thing. So I chose supply chain because I wanted to kind of fully immerse myself in, in business, whether from a product or a service standpoint. Um, and I started to just fall in love with, you know, how things are made, how services are offered, how people can create, you know, companies out of thin air and then like really add value to people. Uh, which is then what brought me to Chicago, because when I graduated uh, from East Carolina, so I grew up in North Carolina, um, I took a job at a logistics company uh, here called Coyote. It grew very, very quickly. It was acquired by UPS for a lot of money. But I worked there for a year and a half um, and noticed that I didn't like what I was doing, um, just on a day-to-day basis, like the actual work I was doing. It was a great company, great culture. It was, you know, they basically offered everything you would want in a company, but day in, day out, the actual work I was doing, I was going home and just didn't feel fulfilled. So it was on me to figure out, you know, okay, I don't like what I'm doing. I moved 800 miles away from home, you know, to a bigger city for opportunity. And I hate what I'm doing. Like, you know, what's next? So fortunately they promote from within. So, you know, I, expressed to my manager that I was bored with the work I was doing and they moved me to a different place in the company. And then lo and behold, the same thing happened. I got bored with the work again. So this kind of went on and on and on until I realized like, I don't think this is my thing. 
So then it was okay. How do? What's my next move? So I started to, I started to look at the skills that I had acquired over the years. Um, I was reading a lot of books, and you know, again, this was the time that I was very intrigued by entrepreneurs and how they, you know, follow their passion but actually turn it into a career, not just you know, like a moment, if you will. Um, so I realized I have an acting degree, so I can speak in front of people. Um, I can communicate with people effectively. Um, I have a business degree, so I have kind of a working knowledge of, you know, what it takes to, you know, kind of get by, I guess, theoretically. And then I had tutored math in college as well and learned then that I love to teach people. So I like to tell people it was a kind of a total roll of the dice. I was like, okay, well, if I understand business kind of generally, um, I can communicate with people. My passion is fitness. Um, and I'm, I love teaching people, why not, you know, join the fitness industry? Because all those things connect, if you think of that way. So I started doing research on, okay, what do I need to make the career change? Um, I obviously took a massive pay cut to do that. Um, I had to move out of really nice apartments to live in not so nice apartments to, to make the move financially. Um, Got a job at Equinox, very first job, um, and then you know was only there for about a month, um, and then went you know to, to another gym, and then eventually on my own. But I got where I am today really just by following what has always interested me. Um, you know, I've always I grew up being told you know be be yourself, be true to yourself, and really go after you know what your passion is. Uh, but I think what was big for me as I looked at it as, okay, I can't just go after what I'm passionate about. I have to also think about how I'm going to turn it into a career because otherwise it's not going to be sustainable. So that's, that's really how I got where I am today is really just going with, you know, what I find interesting and, you know, really immersing myself into that. Um, and then just, you know, day in, day out, try to get better. Totally. Next question is, a lot of students seem to think that where they go to college and what they study will pretty much determine their success in life. How would you say this is true or maybe not true? So I'm definitely in disagreement with that completely. Um, I think from my personal experience, I think going to college taught me uh, self-discipline. It taught me responsibility. It taught me a lot of life skills that you know you need. But in terms of you know, going to school and, you know, whatever you study, you're then going to have a, you know, 10 or 20 year career. I mean, I'm living proof that, you know, it doesn't, doesn't really work that way. Um, you know, for some people, um, I think one of my big things too, is I see in so many people, even like clients I work with is like, they have these degrees and they have what seems like a successful career, but they're completely unhappy with what they're doing. And I think people get caught up in the fact, get caught up in this like fabricated uh, mentality of, you know, I went to school for this, therefore I should do this, which I think is totally not the way to look at it. Um, and I, I know you and I have talked about kind of this in the past, I think when we first met is like, it's, it's the way you perceive things. And I think like for, for kids coming through college, I think people have, been conditioned to think that, you know, I studied accounting, therefore I need to be an accountant. Instead of thinking, you know, accounting is just a really, really valuable skill set that then you can apply, you know, to a number of different, 
you know, jobs or fields or industries. Yeah, agreed. 100%. So your company and brand is called Incremental Gains. How did you come about starting it and what does that name mean? Sure. So Incremental Gains First is a uh, training, personal training and nutrition coaching company dedicated to helping high achieving professionals uh, transform their lives through fitness. Um, so I work with a lot of um, kind of C-level executives, VPs, uh, performers, entrepreneurs, kind of a mixed bag of just highly ambitious people. Um, but how it came about is interesting. I was actually training uh, my mentor slash client at the time slash friend um, in home. And I had been working independently, I want to say for you know, six to nine months. Um, so I was on my own, but you know, at the, at that current time trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to brand myself? Do I name it after myself? Do I name it after, you know, do I come up with a name and me and my mentor constantly like in our sessions, um, you know, I'm so lucky because it, it, I felt like I was in kind of a business coaching session myself because I would bounce ideas off him. And for me, like, the work I do personally, you know, I'm, I'm working with people to help them improve their health and their well-being. So the work I do is not about me, first and foremost. It's never about me. It's about whoever I'm working with. So that constantly was in my head that, you know, the work I do is highly impactful. Like I'm the brand. However, it's never about me. It's about the other person. So I can't name it after myself. And I was looking at the industry and, you know, at colleagues and you know the competition you know what are other people doing what are they naming their brands after and so many people name it after themselves which i think is great but I, personally i think there's a connotation that comes with that that it's about them and that's not the vibe i wanted to give off i wanted to give off the vibe with every single person that i work with knows that i'm committed to them not myself um so that was one that i couldn't use one criteria like i couldn't use my name the second was like there's so much misinformation not just about fitness and the stuff i do but like you know i read it on the internet therefore it's true right so there's so much stuff out there and one of my promises when i got into this was like i'm going to be a hundred percent honest with people and clients when i'm working with them um you know if i don't know something i'm not going to pretend like i do if someone needs care from a physical therapist or a chiropractor I'm not going to pretend to know what I'm doing. I'm going to refer out. Um, so going back to the name, I, I wanted to name it. Uh, I wanted the name to be like very raw, very real, very true. So if you think about fitness and, you know, you can make the same case for business was I was like, okay, well, you know, it's the, the reality is like no one achieves most goal overnight, right? It's a process and it's an incremental process. And, I kept bouncing names around with my mentor and finally like incremental gains just came up and you know, I, it still feels kind of weird saying it because it goes against what we want as humans, right? We want instant gratification. Like we want stuff now. We want it overnight. We want it fast. But the reality is like, that's not how fitness works or health at all. And you know, the people that want that and, you know, go after like the, you know, six pack abs in you know, six weeks or whatever. It's, it's usually never sustainable. So I was like, I want something that's going to 
one, catch people's attention, one, two, be very different from what's out there, and three, be like very raw. And incremental gains kind of just seemed to stick, and my mentor was like, yeah, you know, that stands out because everyone else is promising like stuff now or next week or, you know, the following week, and you know, that's not true. At least not, not the stuff that, that I, you know, try to work with clients in. So that's really what led me to it, um, incremental gains. And, you know, fortunately people have, you know, usually they see it and they're like, huh, like, I don't know that I want that, you know, it's, but, you know, it's my job then to kind of educate as the professional say that, you know, you may not want that, but you know, what you do want, the only way you're going to get there is to approach it as a process and a long-term commitment. And you just like in business, you know, you know, think about like startups, you know, it's never, when is it ever, oh, I did this in a day or a week. It just doesn't happen. So that's really how it happened. It was, I was training a client in his basement in his home and just a lot of conversations and idea bouncing and wound up with that. So I love that. Now, as a personal trainer, where and how do you say entrepreneurial skills come into play, so to speak? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I'll use my uh, I'll use my background kind of the, to answer the question. When I first started, I was at Equinox and then Fitness Formula here in the city. And you know, everyone, if you're looking for a gym and you live in Chicago, you're probably familiar with those brands, right? But if you join either gym and then decide that you want to use a trainer, you have another decision to make because you have, you know, 20 of them to choose from. So then it's okay. Do I want a male or a female? You make that decision. Then, then you're kind of stuck, right? It's like, well, who's good, who's qualified to help lead me to my goals. Um, so you need to be able to stand out. You need to be able to differentiate yourself, um, you know, in, in the crowded marketplace, you know, even though it's within the same company, you know, it's you, you're selling yourself at the end of the day. You know, in my industry, like people are paying to work with me. You know, yeah, I'm qualified, but it kind of goes back to the saying, like, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that, you know, in my industry, that carries a lot of weight. So. You know, it's great to know a lot, but you also have to figure out, you know, how do you differentiate yourself as a person? What kind of, um, I guess, aura, if you will, do you want to give off? What do you want your, your persona, your message to be? Um, because at the end of the day, like you can have as much knowledge as possible, you know, as a trainer, but if you're not able to, you know, effectively communicate with people and be able to kind of adapt on the fly because, you know, let's say I have a client who's going on vacation. Uh, you know, now I need to kind of fill the slot with someone else right on the fly. You know, you gotta be very agile. So I think, uh, you know, entrepreneurial skills are mission critical for anyone in my field to, to be successful. For a long period of time now in the fitness industry what are you doing to promote yourself uh, what are you doing to build your brand and are there any technologies that you're using to help you do so so primarily for me social media i have a website um which i you know i want to get into writing more um but for me i'm a one-man band so you know i'm kind of restricted by time so my trade-off is i could 
put a lot of energy into that, but then I found that it comes at the expense of the quality of service I can provide my clients, which I don't want to do that. So I'm juggling, you know, working, leveraging technology for marketing reasons. Um, that's second priority to the clients I'm working with, but primarily the only technology I'm working with uh, weekly is social media, um, which is, is totally crazy. Um, you know, things have, have changed a lot, right? And it's, it's crazy to me that I got into this thinking I needed a website and I needed like, you know, all of this stuff related to it, like all these widgets and attributes on my website. But at the end of the day, like I've found the greatest success so far from social media, which is exactly how we connected, right? So, um, but like digging a little deeper, like Instagram specifically, um, learning, you know, how to, I've been really into hashtags and how to really leverage good hashtags to target, you know, the, the people that you want to target, you know, the areas, the demographics. Um, so that's really been the bulk of my focus when it comes to Instagram and then just a lot of testing, you know, you can read a lot of books, you can follow the people who have lots of followers who appear to be successful. But at the end of the day, like when you're doing it, you got to find what works for you. You got to get comfortable, you know, recording videos and then putting yourself out there for, you know, people to critique you. So it's that in its own right as a process, but you know, technology for me has been very simple. Um, again, I got into it thinking that I needed this elaborate, like, <laughs> techno monster right and i got into it and i'm like god i'm wasting so much time like it's it's way simpler than that uh for me so really just instagram and being consistent with it and and putting myself out there not caring what people think making reaching out to people responding to people you know we talked about how you know the kind of two groups of people the people that are willing to reach out and have a conversation over uh technology who've never met in person and then people that really aren't um so i i've just kind of rolled my sleeves up and started to to talk more to people online and get kind of comfortable with that but right so you mentioned that if you took on all these things you would start to sacrifice quality with that in mind do you ever face burnout and if so how do you handle it or even how do you prevent it from happening in the first place sure uh i don't i think the way to avoid burnout is through self-awareness. I think if I boil it down to one thing, it has to be self-awareness. Um, I get very tired. Um, I have days often where I get home and I don't have a problem falling asleep at night because I'm exhausted. Um, I have, you know, I'll have periods of time where I, I, f I feel like if I kept going, burnout would occur. Um, but it goes back to self-awareness, being able to, you know, recognize that you're tired and then actually, you know, allowing yourself to relax. Um, obviously I'm a little biased, but I think, you know, taking care of your body is also one of the, the best ways to avoid burnout, you know, making sure that you're exercising and you're, you, we, you are your machine, you know, and I train, I train a lot of singers and I always tell them like, you are your instrument, like you're going to succeed in direct proportion to how well your body performs physically and mentally. And I think the same 
holds true with anybody else when you talk about burnout is how to avoid it. You have to be very self-aware with, with your body. You have to listen to your body. You know, I think we all are aware, but some, you know, obviously some more than others. And then you have people that they recognize, okay, I'm really, really tired, but I'm going to put in two more hours of work. And then you have the people that are, okay, I'm really, really tired. I'm not going to put in two more hours of work because I know the quality is going to be way less than what I could do uh, if I recharge and come back tomorrow. Um, and I think at the end of the day, it's, it's all self-awareness yeah. and, and nutrition as well. Right? Like if you use, you know, I, I hate using a car as a metaphor, but if you think of a car, like if you drove a Ferrari, you're not going to go to the gas station and put regular gas in it. Right. Cause that's not what, how Ferraris perform. They require premium fuel. Right. So I think the same holds true for us as human beings, you know, if you eat like crap, you're not going to perform as at, at as high of a level and, you know, add lack of sleep and long work hours to that. Like you're going to, you're going to start to approach something like burnout. Right. Absolutely. Now I know this is a big one for you, but how important is networking and what are some ways you do it? Yeah. So I, so networking, I like to tell people that it's my superpower. Like it's the one thing I know I'm really good at. And again, going back to like how I got to where I am today, like my acting degree, like I draw so much on that because it's taught me, like I learned how to, you know, perform on stage and speak in front of people. And I was for sure nervous when I did it, but I did it so much that now it's second nature. Right. So I leveraged the heck out of that. And like networking is, has been everything to me. Because when I went from working at a gym to on my own, I was pretty much off social media for a while because um, we won't get into the specifics for legal reasons, right? Um, so all I had to rely on was networking. Like I, I had to literally hit the pavement, literally go knock on doors, literally go meet people, shake people's hands. Otherwise, like what I was doing on my own wasn't gonna work because like I couldn't leverage technology because I didn't want to get into trouble at the time. Um, I do a lot of stuff with Chicago innovation, right? So they used to go by Chicago innovation awards and now Chicago innovation, but that's, that's been a game changer for me. And fortunately, um, my mentor is Tom Kuzmarski is the guy who was a co-founder of 18 or not 1871 of Chicago innovation. And when I first started going to Chicago innovation events, you know, I felt like I wasn't on the same tier or level as people. I felt like, uh, you know, I didn't belong because I'm in this room full of successful entrepreneurs and people that were much more wealthier than me and successful than me. But again, like the more I went, the more I got comfortable with it and just started doing it as much as I can. Um, but you know, that's turned into, so many client referrals, uh, and I think more importantly, just confidence, you know, as you're not going to meet someone, you know, not everyone you meet is going to have an impact on your career or change your life. Right. But unless you put yourself out there and you go to these things and you meet people, like you're not even giving yourself a chance. Um, and if you're related to like sales, like, you know, the more times you try to sell something to people, eventually someone's going to say yes. Right. I think the same holds true with networking. Like you just keep meeting people, meeting people, meeting people. And then just like this, like now, you know, we're chatting together and it all started from just the basic 
you know, social media interaction that you just, you know, then you just keep kind of progressing the relationship. But I think networking is way more valuable than people give it credit for. Um, old fashioned networking in particular, like I know now like people reach out on social media, but like how much more powerful is it when like you're in the same room with someone and you can actually shake their hand and you can actually like gauge their behavior and like have real conversations. So for me, it's, it's been everything. And I do not think I'd still be working on my own. I know for a fact, I would not be working with the people that I'm working with, if not for networking. Um, so yeah, that's, it's a pretty sweet thing. For sure, definitely. Yeah. Now, next question. Um, this is something we see a lot nowadays. People are trying to become influencers and building personal brands as opposed to corporate brands like we've seen in the past. What are your thoughts on building a personal brand? No, so like I, I also made the decision with branding that, you know, I don't know, I'm having a really fun time working with people right now. And I know if I were to scale what I'm doing and then bring on a team, I know that it would turn into uh, less working with people, right? I would have to work with people. I would have to manage a team. And then, you know, to scale even more, I would eventually have to not work with people at all, right? And going back to the name, a lot of people in my industry have named their gyms after their name. And the problem that you run into with that is um, as you start to gain popularity and people find out who you are, they want you, right? They want the name. They want the person behind the name of the business. And, you know, if you scale an operation, like you're not going to have the time to be that person for them, right? So if I named it, you know, Chase Fitness, like people are going to want to work with Chase. Well, what happens if like Chase doesn't have time? I'm busy building the business, right? So that was another thing where like, I can't name it after myself. I have to, you know, go with incremental gains or, you know, then something else, because if someone, let's say in Chicago is reaching out for a trainer, they know that the brand offers high quality services and anyone that works for that brand, they're going to perceive it the same way that they all offer the same high quality services. Um, I've had people say, you know, I've done a lot of workshops and continuing education. And one of the, common things that gym owners say that have named it after their gyms after themselves is that they could do it all again. They would name their business something else and not after themselves. So I really took that advice to heart um, when going after the branding stuff. Um, yeah, but on top of that, I think it's, you know, brand is super important. Like I'm a big Richard Branson fan, um, pretty much everything he does. But he's so consistent, right? It's so consistent and real and who he is, um, you know, all across the board with him. And, you know, his message is always like very impactful, very real. Um, and I think your, your personal brand is gonna affect the business brand, right? And, you know, that's gonna affect success in a lot of ways. So I think whether you're talking about a company's brand or your personal brand, I think they're very interconnected and I think they influence each other. So I think, you know, when it comes to branding, it's all about being true to who you are, who you serve, what your message is, and being very, very consistent with that. So 